Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Tech News Today is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Tech News Today for Tuesday, May 10th, 2011. Tech News Today is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy online invoicing service that gets you paid quickly, makes you look professional. Get started with a free package at FreshBooks.com. Welcome to Tech News Today. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Sarah Lane. I'm Aya Zaktar. And that is, uh, what's his uh, name? Hi. Our brand new uh, employee. I just met him. It's Alex. Alex. Yeah, I'm yeah. Alex. It's nice, it's nice to, meet, to you meet you. Hi. Hi. Of course, he's replacing Alex the intern. Well, that guy he's, was whew, yeah. very incompetent. It was Glad a seamless transition. So seamless transition looks the same slightly. You're the lucky you guys didn't yeah, overlap at all. Yeah, I saw that guy try to play the news. This Alex wears a tie. Mm-hmm. Well, he's kind well, of in the news. Because he's a professional. Mr. Gumple. You're on notice. <laughs> that was my yeah, joke. There you go. All right. Uh, Google I.O. kicked off today. That's their developers conference. Kind of the WWDC for Google. But where a lot of uh, announcements are made by the company. Exactly. They had a keynote this morning uh, involving an all-star cast. I'm not even going to try to keep track of who said what. Vic Gundotra came out on, at the beginning, had a nice sweater on, mm-hmm. was very smooth. Then we never saw him again to the very end. Uh, but they did make several announcements. We're going to cover all three uh, involving music and TV, involving new Android developments, and involving something called the Open Accessory uh, Platform. So we'll, we'll, we'll take a look at all those in order. But let's start with Google Music, because that was the big rumor. Google's going to announce Google Music finally, and they did. It's called Music Beta by Google. Okay. That's the name, Music mm-hmm. Beta. I think that beta is up there in big letters to because go, hey, world, hey, industry, don't sue us, beta. Right. Or we're beta because we haven't actually gotten agreements with all of right. those those big music We're beta yet. than everybody else. So we're not like what Apple's doing, but this is just what we're, we're rolling it out slowly. Google has done that before. So this is just a locker service. There's no music store. Uh, allows you to listen to your music on any compatible device uh but that includes android phones android tablets uh computers like your mac and your pc no linux support you have to download the music manager for windows and mac Mm -hmm. uh, or get the android app to make it work and then you can do playback in uh your browser and it supports chrome and safari and firefox and it does require flash though so even though google isn't making an ios app it kind of sounds like they don't want anyone else to either it also doesn't allow you to re-download your music directly. It's not a backup service. It will cache recently played music, and it will allow you to select albums, playlists, and artists to make available offline. But it's not exactly... I mean, I'm sure there's a way to hack in there and pull that stuff out. Oh, but it's that, not meant to be a, a, a storage drive. It, how many people is that really going to bother, though? Because the whole idea is that your music's in the cloud, available, not anywhere, but accessible in many places. And you don't need to have a local copy of anything. Because right. You're streaming it's it's your music. more of an idea. Like with Amazon, I can, I can re-download all that music on a device that I don't own yet. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, in, that I own in the future. Right. And let's say my, my, my hard drive craps out. Sure. I can then easily re-download all that of that music, and I've got a local copy. With with the Google thing, it's not that 
straightforward. Yeah, yeah. And with Google Music, we're talking about 20,000 songs that they're saying you can upload 20,000 yeah. songs, but there doesn't seem to be any indication on what the exactly file size file sizes but we do have information on file types you can run you can put mp3s up there aecs wmas and flac so if you have apple lossless i know sarah you do i totally bought into apple lossless not supported. for years now many of my files are in apple lossless. aug isn't supported wave isn't supported afe isn't supported and real audio i don't know why you'd have it but it's not, not supported uh this is a, a nice line between amazon which allows only i think mp3 and m4a and uh so the google does have more support but they don't have, well, support for everything right now. I think it's interesting, too, that it's a 20,000 song limit, not a gigabyte limit. It's a per file limit. Well, so first of all, so Amazon's cloud service is, what, five gigs and under is free? That's right. And then you buy, what, a 20 gig plan for $20 a year or something, something like, like that. that. So this is, uh, obviously, you get a lot more uh, data for free with Google Music Beta. And 20,000 songs, I, I don't know how much are in my collection, but it's probably going to cover most of it, if not all. Uh, but uh, the file sizes range depending on the format that the song um, was encoded in. Some of my really old, you know, Napster era MP3s are really <laughs> small files, you know, so that would be a lot, a lot, uh, a lot more. I don't know. I, it's just there, there are some unanswered questions. What if you had a whole album in one single file? Does that count as one of your 20,000 songs? I don't know if they're going to check file sizes or like duration of songs or what if you have like an audio book. I mean, that's usually a pretty big file and it's like four hours long yeah, or something like that. Uh, the other thing, though, about music beta is that it's invite only right now versus Amazon Cloud. If you want to go use that, you can, but you need to go ahead and put a little invite. We've all tried for it and I don't think any one of us have it yet. Uh, nope. I tried for it. Didn't get it. I never get invited to Google stuff. Uh, does Google have to invite us, or can the people at I.O. that we know and love right. invite us with their invites? I wonder because if everybody they get, who went yeah. to I.O. got invited. Got invited. I don't know if they have invites that they can then pass out, but that's usually I'll how I... will know by tomorrow. That's who, usually how I sneak in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, Google TV rentals, movie rentals, get a tab now in the Android market. This is interesting, too. You can buy... Or, sorry. You can access... The music service can't buy because there's no store. Mm -hmm. And you can rent television from your browser. So Android Market coming to your browser. Uh, the, the, the market for TV rentals, though, pretty similar to what's going on over at YouTube. In fact, it's pretty much the exact same service. Uh, rental started at $1.99, up to 3 or $4. 24 hours to complete a viewing once you start watching. You have 30 days to finish uh, to start watching after you rent. Works across devices. So uh, you start watching on your Android tablet. You can finish watching on your computer as long as you're within that 24-hour stupid limit. Uh, and you can pin a movie to a device to store locally for viewing offline. That's awesome. Which is, which is nice if you're like, well, wait a minute. I want to rent this movie, but I'm going to be on a plane. Right, or uh, I'm in a subway yeah, you, or for whatever reason. I don't know why it's called pinning, but that's what you can do with it. Well, well, they Chrome just OS needed a new verb. Kind of uh, pinning a tab. On top of that, this effectively is the same as the YouTube deal. We're getting all the same movies. It's just like two different storefronts right now. Amazon Market yeah. and YouTube Rentals. In oh. fact, when you rent a movie and play it from the Android Marketplace, it says player. YouTube. It's, a, it's the YouTube player interface. I'm not really sure why they didn't make that more clear this morning because you read all of the articles about uh, the new movie rental service and everyone seems to be saying, yeah, this doesn't seem to be related to the YouTube announcement where they have 3,000 new titles on their own. I mean, why wouldn't it? That would make no sense to me that you would have two different players, two different libraries. It, you know, Google's yeah. all, they should 
probably be trying to play nicely with each other. There'll be a phone app to view the movies coming uh, to Android 2.2 phones in a couple of weeks. Uh, any Android 2.2 device will work with the music store, uh, even while you're waiting in for an invite, even if you don't have an invite. Jamie Rosenberg, Google's director of digital content, said in a Q&A session that Google wanted to launch a music store at the same time as Google Music's uh, locker service, but got hung up in negotiations with the major labels and said, this is perfectly legal what we're doing here. We'll wait to put a store up later. Of course they're going to say that. And they're going to be like, oh, we're doing something completely illegal. Like, no. no it's probably course. legal, but we'll, we'll see. Especially since now we have Google and Amazon like basically having a staring contest with the music industry. Like, who's going to blink here? And is Apple going to follow suit with these guys, or are they going to keep trying to negotiate? Well, it, the, Apple better give me some sort of a locker service at this point. I mean, I have so many other options. I was telling Tom and I, as before the show, I've got... This is my work laptop that I use, and I have got a uh, another MacBook that's older. I just don't really turn it on anymore. That's where my entire music library is. So what are my options now? I'm, Apple's not going to be of any help to me. I'm going to use probably Google Music Beta. Google seems to have the advantage here because of the uh, free, mm-hmm. at least while it's in beta anyway, yep. it's free. Right. Uh, and the, the the amount of storage, 20,000 songs. I've got 26 gigabytes of music, but that's only 5,300-some songs. Yeah. So that's that's a for, lot of storage. For Amazon, you're at least paying another 20 bucks a month right. for your music collection. And, I would have, music and because I have 25 gigabytes, <laughs> I'd have to pick 5 gigabytes of music not to store, pay for another block it's of storage. Just, yeah, yeah, it's too much work. Uh, Google also announced... Android 3.1, available today, but only on the Verizon Zoom 3G. Uh, It will come to other tablets and other customers within the next couple of weeks. Android 3.1 allows the ability to scroll through tasks and resize widgets. Apparently, that's a big deal for people to be able to resize widgets. Also, Android devices can act as USB hosts, uh, so you can control Android devices with any kind of USB device, uh, you can plug in keyboards, you can plug in game controllers. They were showing the Xbox controller, although that was their only demo fail. It didn't actually work on stage, but they said, it does work. We promise. Uh, <laughs> also, Android 3.1 coming to Google TV this summer, including the Android Marketplace. I'm really excited about this. I mean, I, I've got the Logitech Google TV device. Uh, there's no mention whether that can just be updated over the air or yeah, I think I read that you can actually do that I think I saw something like 3.1 is going to be available for I was on this is my com that that will all current uh, Google TV devices are updatable it's great new TVs are also coming from Sony Vizio Samsung and Logitech and then we got our first peek at ice cream sandwich that's right. The next version of Android is called Ice Cream Sandwich. Now, why are you saying it that way? Because it almost sounds like you feel everybody's vindicated. been calling it ice cream, and I've been quick to point out, no, it's Ice Cream Sandwich, because not just ice cream. Huh? It's a specific. And I have been vindicated Okay. in my pedantry. I'm so glad. Uh, it's going to be one operating system for tablets, phones, Google TV, everything. Ice Cream Sandwich will, be, will reunite the uh, bifurcated Androids. Uh, an advanced app framework, all open source. They promised to open source this and Honeycomb by the end of the year. Head tracking software is what they showed out. So they so you can uh, you can play a game and it can tell where you're looking. So you just move your head and it, it changes the view on the tablet, which was interesting. Also, a virtual camera operator with facial recognition that could switch between who's talking. So two people looking at a tablet, it would focus on whoever is talking. We could use that. That's awesome. Here, actually. Although, wait till the senators hear about this. 
You mean it can see you and know when you're talking? It tracks your face. It's an outrage. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Uh, and finally, new guidelines for Android updates uh, being developed with the Open Handset Alliance members. New devices are going to get updates for 18 months after launch, if the hardware allows. But they're trying to crack down on that situation where some people get an update and some people don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Gadget, was uh, they had a post about this as well, and they were wondering, how long did this deal exist? Because it seems like it might have been kind of thrown together. It's kind of a very loose, sure, we'll support that for 18 months. Uh, and there's no timetable as, as to how many updates will you get in those 18 months like will samsung go hey you know what 17 months in here you go here's one we said we support it for 18 months and we were talking about how two-year contracts exist so for your six months you're kind of sol also if the hardware allows is a big loophole you could drive a truck through mm-hmm. you know you can just say oh our test shows that the hardware is just isn't capable mm-hmm. so we're not going to give you anything uh finally i and what i think is the more interesting of all of the announcements google announced the accessory development kit for the open accessory platform, the Android open accessory platform, as well as Android at home. Uh, The open accessory platform is a reference design and an accessory development kit for Android accessories to be developed based on Arduino, the open source hardware platform, that includes no NDAs, no approval process, no fees. So this is different than Android. It's totally open. At least that's what they're saying. You and I could build our own Android accessories. Yeah. We can take this ADK, uh, we can use Arduino hardware, and we could just design whatever we want. Okay. So in the home, for example, what would we use it for? Uh, To turn on the stove? (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, what they what they were talking about was, was control accessories. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when you talk about Android at home, there's the Android at home framework, which is a separate thing and is an open wireless protocol, which would allow you to turn your light, lights on and off from your Android phone. That's awesome. Would, would allow you to do Sonos-like stuff where you can stream music simultaneously to different rooms or have different rooms playing different things. And that... That could be combined with the open accessory platform, but it doesn't have to be. Those those sure. are two different things. Yeah, the accessory development kit looks like I, I could see a lot of people tinkering with, uh, tinkering with this right away. If you wanted to have, I don't know, a robot, you want to control it and you want it to be Android-based, you can just pop this in with a USB connection and let that move around and you will have... I know we've seen things like this before in the past, though. You remember seeing that device that could figure out Rubik's Cubes. It was connected to a, to an Android device. So we know they're quite capable of doing sure. odd tasks, but to make it open and accessible to lots of people, we're going to see some really cool things at, at like Maker Faire then with this. Well, and this is the opposite of what uh, Apple does. Apple says, you want to make an accessory? It's got to be approved by us. You've got to pay us a fee. It has to be certified. It's got to work with our proprietary doc. You need to be in control. Android's saying, you want to make an accessory for Android? Go for it. Yeah, but do totally all, open. Do all Android devices have uh, the same interfaces on them? Because, like, I mean, older devices probably don't have the same micro USB, or do they have proprietary dock systems? I know Samsung has them. I think they all share USB. Mm-hmm. And with the fact that Android 3.1 now is going to work as a USB host, uh, I think that, at least for the future, USB is going to be the way most of these accessories will communicate with the devices, because that will work for every device. That, that should work. I'm just thinking, at first, we're going to see a little bit of clunkiness because everything won't be designed perfectly for the device because it'll work for multiple devices. In time, it'll probably be standardized. Maybe on the right side, you'll have your USB connection and you can just pop in your device. And well, go. if you've got USB on, on your device accessory that you've made and you've got some kind of USB to port on the other side, whether it's micro or not, mm-hmm. it does, it, it, you, can, you can make them communicate to each other. Yeah, you don't need to have, have a license fee. Yeah, and that, that's pretty amazing. 
All right, uh, that's all from Google I.O., and that's enough. Wow. A lot of stuff uh, packed into 51 minutes that they gave us today. Uh, we'll uh, move on to Microsoft acquiring Skype and senators pressing Apple and Google for answers about location tracking in a second, but want to thank our sponsor, FreshBooks. If you are a business owner, if you're a consultant, if you're a freelancer, if you ever write an invoice, you need to check out FreshBooks.com. Because if you've ever written an invoice, you know how much of a pain in the ass it is. It's not fun to invoice companies. And it's not fun to try to design an invoice or use one of those office templates or, or, or something like that. So what you do with FreshBooks, you sign up, you get three clients free. You don't have to pay anything, at least to try it out. And you put in the name of your client, all of the information about your client. Once you're ready to bill them, it creates a template that you put in what the work was, what the rate was, all of that stuff. And it creates an invoice for you, then emails it out as well as tracks it, giving payment information. So it takes 11 kinds of payment, credit cards, PayPal, all that stuff. Uh, and if you don't get a payment on time, it'll play the heavy. It'll, it'll send some reminder notices. You can even, for a uh, thirty-nine, have them print out and mail an invoice for you. You don't have to do it yourself. You can print it out yourself, too. They give you a PDF for it. It's all up to you. Lots of flexibility, lots of power. FreshBooks.com, three clients free. Or if you have more clients, it's actually very affordable. And if you sign up and say Tech News Today is where you heard about it in the little notes field, you will be entered to win a birthday cake. And that's what it looks like if you're watching the video. We had this cake, this very cake cake last week. And it was really good and it was packed with dry ice i mean it was a very high-tech operation it was a fresh cake it was it was, <laughs> it was a fresh cake from fresh books <laughs> check it out at freshbooks.com we thank them for their support of tech news today on to microsoft uh trying to scoop google at 8 a.m this morning right up the street in san francisco holding their own press conference announcing that they have purchased skype for $8.5 billion, and no, I didn't make a mistake, $8.5 billion. The story was starting to to break yesterday. Yeah, last uh, night there were a lot of rumors about it. And, you know, I'm kind of reading, some, I knew that we would cover it in either whether it was true or not today on the show, and I was sort of just going, $8.5 billion, how does that add up exactly? I'm, and I'm not sure that it does now that well, I've thought about it. You're not alone. <laughs> uh, analysts uh, across the landscape are questioning this as well. Uh, Skype launched in 2003. It was purchased by eBay in 2005 for $2.5 billion, which eBay's got to be shaking its head right now going, we, we sold Skype for what? And Microsoft uh, they, paid They what? lost about a billion. Uh, Silver Lake bought 65% of Skype in 2009 for $2 billion. Skype lost $7 million last year on revenue of $860 million. When it filed for its IPO, it was valued for around $4 billion. Yeah, 3.7 to $4.7 billion so, last year. Uh, so Microsoft is paying off their debts of $686 million and making up the rest in cash. No stock. Skype becomes a department, a division mm-hmm. of Microsoft, the Skype division and uh, Skype's CEO, Tony Bates, becomes president of the Microsoft Skype division. They plan to have it support Xbox and Connect, Windows Phone, and uh, Outlook, Xbox Live, and uh, in, in, in interact with Link, which was used to be called Office Communication Server. So they've got big plans for it. They want to incorporate it into everything they do, both enterprise and consumer. Well, and they already do that with Windows Live Messenger. And what I was thinking is because Windows Live Messenger has many more users than Skype does. So it's like, oh, well, it kind of makes sense that they would incorporate Skype into a franchise that they already have. 
um, that certainly works, you know, in the corporate world as well as individual users. But they don't charge anything for Windows Live Messenger. And Skype, that, I mean, that's the only thing they're really getting out of Skype is that 8 million people do pay to use it. But then if they're starting a new Microsoft Skype division and the Skype CEO becomes president of that, well, I'm not sure that makes sense either. Well, the real question one is... Of, one of them has got to merge into the other. Go ahead. So for Skype, I mean, this seems like a really interesting thing. When Microsoft did this, it seems like Xbox Live, everybody who has an Xbox has a Skype device already. So if you wanted to make calls and everything, well, you already have this video phone that you didn't even think about. You had to connect. It's got a camera on it. Right. You can make video calls a lot easier. I mean, Skype would never have that install base of hardware I because mean, they're not exactly known for their hardware. Uh, so I was kind of surprised when I saw the news this morning. But the $8.5 billion price, I mean, this could have just been because... Google was rumored to get it, Facebook was rumored, and Microsoft was Even like... Even Cisco was rumored to be in on the bidding. Microsoft has a ton of cash reserves. I mean, they paid $8.5 billion cash. There's no stock involved. Well, And one of the interesting things about this is it's $8.5 billion in cash that's held overseas. If Microsoft ever brings that money into the United States, they have to pay U.S. tax on it. So if they purchase Skype, which is in, what, Luxembourg, yes. I think, then they don't have to pay U.S. tax on that cash. So it might have worked out. Some people are speculating, and this is a stretch, it might have worked out that the tax implications of that cash not being able to be used for anything else, you can't give it to investors without paying tax on it, you can't invest it in the U.S. without paying tax on it, this might have been the best way to use that money, and it's why they decided to just outbid everybody else. On top of that, beyond the tax considerations, that means Skype has no ownership interest in Microsoft. They got no stock. That means these guys are paid off and they're, they can just be sent home effectively. Yeah. Because Microsoft's, this is their division. It's Skype division. Another odd uh, side note of this, Skype has a $6 million investment in RDO, which is also the, the Skype co-founder's venture. Now, Microsoft owns a Series B round of stock in RDO, which is a competing service to Zune. So will Microsoft oh. continue... Supporting Skype for every platform. I think Skype's even on Linux. It's on Mac. It's on all kinds of phones. Do they want to roll it into Windows Phone? It's going to be a really awesome killer feature to have VoIP calls on Windows Phone 7 built in, like Bang Audio or something like that. Right. I mean, where do we think this is going to go? Do we think it's going to just be only on Windows, or is it just going to continue being the way Well, yeah, it is? the nice thing about Skype is that you can call other Skype users or you can call people's phones, you know, and that's how yeah. they make some money. But imagine if that was just how Windows phones worked. I mean, the carriers would, be, would go insane. It would be idiotic for Microsoft to kill the Mac, iOS, and Linux clients of Skype. Mm -hmm. Not saying they won't do it, but it would be idiotic because the promise of Skype is I can reach anybody anywhere. Mm -hmm. So if you make a killer Skype client built into Windows phone and you make a killer Skype client built into Xbox working over Xbox Live... Your value proposition is that then those people who buy your Xbox and buy your Microsoft Office and buy your Windows phones can reach all these other people elsewhere. That's the 8 million users that you've got on Skype already. You don't want to shut them out. Right. So if anything, it's in Microsoft's best interest to fix the Mac client and the Linux clients for Skype. Well, and I would say that the Skype brand is arguably more recognized and respected than Microsoft uh, Live Messenger. Yeah, now, I, I don't I, I don't use live messenger, so I'm not saying that I respect it more, but there you know, there's there's that to be considered too, even though Microsoft already has more users that have the same capabilities with the service. The other problem here is uh nobody really does what Skype does. With Gizmo Project being shut down, 
there's lots of ways to talk over the internet and there's even VoIP capabilities in them and in, in, in things like MSN and live and in G talk and, and others FaceTime. Uh, but there is no one that does what Skype does. There's no competitor. Hopefully this will spur someone to come up with a competitor to Skype that does everything that Skype does. Because the reason everybody uses it is none of these other the none of these other products can replicate all of the different features that Skype has. Yeah. At and least I not mean, well. And people who use Skype and have upgraded recently, I mean, everyone has heard that Skype 5 is awful. It gives a lot of people problems. Um, if there were competitors, maybe a lot of people wouldn't be using Skype. But at least, I mean, we know very well working at Twit that it's a big part of what we do every day. And a lot of people depend on it. Steve Ballmer said the Skype acquisition is completely consistent with our ambitious, forward-looking, irrepressible nature. So there you go. It's all about being irrepressible. <laughs> was that your Ballmer? Uh, you got to be angrier. No, that was not my Ballmer. You got to throw something, kick a Microsoft developer. and Skype will bring together hundreds of millions, or as Tony said, billions of consumers and empower them to connect in new and interesting ways. It's core to our mission and it's core to our technology direction. Developers, 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 developers. Yeah, the That's quote good. stopped before developers. Yeah, he didn't say the developers. Part. No, but I liked the way that you added your little flurry. It sounded you. like him. Senate Judiciary Subcommittee on Privacy, Technology, and the Law, known as the ratings getter for C-SPAN, uh, took off this morning with the Apple VP of Software Technology, Guy Bud Tribble, and Google Director of Public Policy, Alan Davidson, among others, testifying. Uh, Bud Tribble pretty much repeated all the previous Apple statements about how the cell tower Wi-Fi hotspot database was used and emphasized that all apps must get user permission for location data, emphasized Apple products do not track users, although Al Franken went after him and said, Luke, if it's storing the cell tower and Wi-Fi uh, data in order to help locate them, how does that not show the location of them? And I can understand how you could sit there and say, well, wait a second. It is locating you. So whether or not you're doing anything bad with that information, you still have that information, don't you? Of well, I, Tri I, Tribble is saying, but it's not, but it's, we're, we're, this is information that doesn't apply to what people are doing. You know, it's not about the people. He tried to explain and I, I don't know if he did a... The trouble with Tribble is I don't know if he did a good job at this. Uh, but I, I think what he was trying to say was this database is like the map, right? Mm -hmm. And just saying Sarah has a map of Illinois doesn't mean you know in Illinois where she is, right? But if Sarah knows, well, I'm looking at a sign that says Interstate 70 and Route 40 and Route 127, then I can look at the map and figure out, oh, I'm near Greenville, Illinois, right? Right. And that doesn't mean that the map maker knows where Sarah is just because the map maker knows that she has a map of Illinois. Right. Although depending on where you are in, in urban areas, you could be located within, oh, I don't know, 100 feet or something in a more rural area, maybe it's a much more uh, a vague, you're within 100 miles type of a thing. So I do understand why people get bristly about this sort of thing. Google's I, Davidson uh, stressed that their tracking is opt-in for Google. Even defended Apple pointing out that they fixed the bug that prevented users from opting out of their service. And then Jason Weinstein, the Deputy Assistant Attorney General from the Criminal Division of the Department of Justice, advocated requiring mobile companies to collect and store info. Because you know what? It's really hard for the police to go after somebody if the mobile companies aren't tracking people. It's a little off topic. I mean, they're supposed to be talking about mo uh, location tracking. It's like, oh, while we're here, let's talk about 
the wireless carriers keeping data, and then other senators decided, hey, this is a good time to start bringing up other stuff. Uh, Senator Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut was uh, yelling at Google about its accidental uh, collection of, of Wi-Fi data. Uh, Senator Chuck Schumer went off about DUI apps or these applications that right. show you where DUI checkpoints are, basically putting uh, Google's representative in a corner. Is like, you don't like drunk driving, do you? You wouldn't. Why would you keep? Why would you keep these apps in there? Why? Why? Then just hammered him. Do you hate children? And D- Davidson agreed. It is a bad thing. We're talking about drunk driving. So. Google's official position on drunk driving. It's uh, a bad you thing. assume some of these folks are just, you know, now that they've got Google and Apple folks sitting in front of them. It's like now's our chance. We're gonna. We're, I never get deducted. I'm surprised ha- one of them didn't say, you know, I have a problem sinking. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Can you help me with that? Yeah, you know, this this app is just really weird. Can you explain how it works? It does seem uh, like they they really went off topic in mm-hmm. a few areas. I mean, whether or not drunk driving apps are ethical or not. Uh, are a very different thing than why everybody was brought to a hearing. Jessica Rich, Deputy Director of the FTC's Bureau of Consumer Protection, advocated against the Department of Justice, saying a company sh- companies should adopt a policy of not collecting or retaining more data than they need to provide a requested service or transaction. And separate from the hearing, Bruce Sewell, Apple's General Counsel and, and Senior Vice President of Legal and Government Affairs, uh, addressed seven questions from Representative Markey, essentially saying the same things that Bud Tribble said in his uh, testimony. Also separate from this hearing, Microsoft, which did not show up at the hearing, has uh, announced they've stopped identifying specific Windows Phone handsets when they collect location data from them and will soon stop any unique device identifiers at all being sent to location services just to keep it absolutely impossible that they could track you. But they're doing this in their subset of data that tells by Wi-Fi and cellular hotspots how to figure out your location. Right, because if they actually turned it off, then people would be very inconvenienced when right. their maps didn't work and other location services that they like, which is probably why they got a Windows phone. Facebook is leaking like a sieve. How? Symantec claims Facebook has leaked millions of users' photos, profiles, and other personal info because of a year-old bug. Uh, they switched to OAuth around a year ago for authentication when you log into Facebook. Apps, however, that use access tokens to perform certain actions on behalf of the user from before that OAuth switch uh, may be turning over those keys to third parties, giving them the ability to access information users specifically designated as off-limits. So it doesn't matter what's in your privacy settings. Uh, Symantec researchers said Facebook has fixed the underlying bug, but they warned that tokens already exposed may still be widely accessible because they work even in offline mode. Uh, apps that use authentication that predates OAuth leak access tokens in URLs, and those URLs work indefinitely. They don't need to be val- validated to work. So Facebook users can close this potential security hole by changing their passwords, which immediately revokes all previously issued keys, and those keys no longer work. It sounds like a pretty easy fix for a pretty ugly problem. I mean, it's change your password. So if you're on Facebook, change your password. Yeah. It's not not that hard. Just change it. I know, it's a pain. I just tried to, I just remembered this password. It took me a while to find where the password settings were again. To to, to change it? I think it's under privacy settings or, I don't know, account settings. Something under accounts. It's got to be in there somewhere. Keep clicking around. Your security's (laughs) worth it. Also, Consumer Reports has a couple of uh, announcements, a couple of findings. One, that 7.5 million active Facebook users are lying about their age and are younger than 13. And of those 7.5, 5 million are under 10. Won't and parents don't care. Well, you know, if I was eight years old, I'd want a Facebook account. Yeah. My parents have them. My older brothers and sisters have them. 
kid like this sort of thing. Yeah, well, this is right not the, this is not wall. the first time somebody has pointed this out. Sure. Facebook's like, look, we've we've just put in new ways of telling and reporting if somebody's underage, but there's only so much we can do. There's, it has to kind of be maybe the parent in the home can look over at the house computer and say, well, they've got a Facebook account, and either I have a problem with it or I don't. Uh, Consumer Reports also warning that Facebook apps may be sharing more than you think. Apps, when you give them access to your account, often ask for much more than they need. Uh, For example, uh, Consumer Reports says a Huffington Post app that one of their staffers set up had access to his family and relationships, photos and videos and friends information, such as birthdays and religious views. When he deleted the old app and signed up for the newest Huffington Post app, the new app requested access to less information. But because he had signed up with the old app, it still was getting access to all that stuff. I have noticed that before. Uh, sometimes when I connect via Facebook Connect, you know, you get this long list of things that this app may be allowed to do. And it scared me the first few times. And then I was like, eh, it actually doesn't really use any of this information. So I just keep saying, okay. But nothing is ever posted to my wall. And you can go in after that and tweak by thing yeah. and say, don't allow that app to do that anymore. I don't know why they don't give you that option Right at that moment. It's as un- it's an all or nothing it's proposition. It's as unclear as Facebook saying if you don't want to, to friend someone who's asked for your friendship, you have to click not now. And then later on, you have to go into the not now area where people are in a holding pattern and then say no, not ever. Why, why can't you just why say Why can't no, no mean no, not not now? No means no. Yeah. At least in my world, Facebook, get with it. Finally, uh, anonymous or at least Anonops, the uh, Anonops blog at anonops.blogspot.com, posted an audio file onto YouTube saying, again, we didn't mean to do anything to Sony. We have nothing to do with it. Let's listen to a little bit of what they uh, they posted. Hello, this is a message from Anonymous. While it could be the case that other Anons have acted by themselves, Anonops was not related to this incident and does not take responsibility for whatever has happened. A more likely explanation is that Sony is taking advantage of Anonymous' previous ill will towards the company to distract users from the fact. That and then the it kicks into some rock and music. Uh, you can you can listen to the rest of it at anonops.blogspot.com. But they they're trying to to point out. Look, if somebody out there says they're anonymous, sure anybody can say that. But we at Anonops, we're not into stealing credit card information. So this is all just a branding problem because they're all anonymous. We can't tell you who's an anonymous. We can't say who's a splinter group of anonymous. There's anonops. So I'm going to call whoever these other people are the nameless. So we have a different name for them. There's the nameless and anonymous. Anonymous needs a marketing department. Exactly. Who is who here? Well, nobody's anybody because they're anonymous. I know. We talked about this yesterday. Third base. Time for the news fuse. Consumers will get emergency alerts for hurricanes, tornadoes, and other disasters right to their cell phones as part of a new network to be announced today by the Federal Communications Commission. The Personal Localized Alerting Network, uh, very cleverly shortened to PLAN, will allow emergency officials to send geographically targeted text messages to cell phones in areas where danger threatens. New York will receive the rollout first, followed by Washington, D.C., and then on from there. Internal docs leaked to tmonews.com indicate that starting May 11th, free Wi-Fi calling will go live.
for T-Mobile users, allowing calls to be made on home networks without using in-plan minutes. Yes, T-Mobile users would be notified via text message when Wi-Fi calling's live. Also leaked were new features supposed to be coming May 22nd, including name ID, a more info-rich caller ID system, and voicemail to text. I wonder how long this will last. For AT&T. Just- AT&T is in the mix and says, no, that's too much we'll fun. We'll see the hearings. We Seven like- more months in 2011. We don't like fun. Adobe has unveiled a new demo web browser that exists solely to demonstrate the company's proposed CSS Regions layout tool. Regions is a set of CSS layout tools that make it easy to build complex print-style layouts on the web. So think like text that floats around circular regions or text structure into shapes or something like that. If Adobe can convince uh, browser makers and the W3C to get on board with the idea, web design might come into reach of even Philistines like Tom here. uh, Nothing's going to help me. Uh, Did you download the Expendables via BitTorrent, Alex? Sarah? Mm, I don't uh-huh. recall doing I anything like that. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I know you all did, so sit down. We got some bad news the for you. The intern did. The U.S. copyright group had already obtained permission to get information from ISPs about downloaders of the movie and will be sending out subpoenas next week. The group is suing 23,000 people from lots of different ISPs. And by people, we mean IP addresses, uh, including Altel, AT&T, Comcast, Optimum Online, and Verizon. Wired has a list of the IP addresses if you want to see if you know what your IP address was, if you're going to be sued. But an IP address does not equal a person. I am a free man. I'm not a number, except that I am. And this is my IP address. All right, a new report out by the NPD group says that iPads really aren't responsible for cannibalizing sales of PCs. They've been accused of that by many, but nearly 75% of iPad purchasers weren't even thinking iPad versus PC. In other words, they just wanted an iPad. Only 14% of iPad purchasers saw it as a choice between a tablet and a PC. And NPD also credits the iPad with bringing a lot of money to the PC category because of all those iPad accessories. Everybody buys a case to the PC. Paperback books are getting their butts kicked by ebooks. That's if paperback books had butts, I guess. Talking at the World E-Reading Congress, HarperCollins CEO Victoria Barnsley said the company's ebook sales were growing five to ten percent week on week, but the paperback fiction market is down seven percent. And Barnsley places the poor sales of paperbacks squarely on ebooks. Well, hopefully, ebooks make up for the decline in paperbacks. Double Twist added a new trick to its Android media player: squirting. Ew. At least that's what Microsoft used to call it. An update to their Android app will allow you to send media by tapping two Android phones with NFC together. Double Twist calls this double tap, and it will work with songs and video files as well. Photo sharing coming soon. Yesterday, we told you about some chaos that broke out when someone tried to jump the line at an Apple store in Beijing. Chaos is in. People were actually heard, and glass was broken. And now Apple has compensated a consumer who was injured in the scuffle. Ding Wencheng received about the equivalent of $3,080 since he was allegedly assaulted by an Apple Store employee. He just wanted a white iPhone 4, and now he has three grand. Hopefully, he heals up okay and figures he came out ahead. And now for the kicker, we have Swiss Jetman finally soars over Grand Canyon. Now, I know you guys are thinking about, hey, is, is this guy the other guy who's, is, is he the jet man of, of before? Yes, he's the 51-year-old who's actually been over the English Channel before and the Swiss Alps in this suit. Uh, why he's doing this? I'm not really sure. He he's, just, a, he's a daredevil. He's just randomly you know, doing daredevils this. do things like this. Did they air this on television? Did people like watch it and sit and go, oh, it's like Evil Knievel all over again? I think if they promoted it, I, I would watch. <laughs> it's my opinion that this is the return of the 1970s. 
Really? Evil Knievel jumped the Grand Canyon. Are you crying? In the 1970s. It's an emotional time in the 70s. <laughs> this is happening again. Uh, yeah. We're going to get bad lapels, disco, Give us all of it. It was such a wonderful decade. I was born in 1976. I was born in 1970. Well, there you go. Which you're, is technically part of the 60s. You're a, you're, a, you're a bridge year. Yeah. I mean, technically, the first year with the seven is still part of the previous decade. Right. So because I was born when you're in the 10 60s. years old, it's your 11th I never year. thought about it that way before. Oh, that's pretty cool. All right, on to the Heavy. calendar. Images sent to Joystick by a Microsoft tech support employee tell some exciting stuff, like the Xbox 360 Spring 2011 update is launching on May 19th and will roll out through May 30th, adding things like PayPal support and Avatar Connect. That's rumored to be coming May 27th. And Blizzard's aiming for a Q3 of this year for Diablo 3's external beta testing. That's uh, says the Blizzard CEO, Mike Morheim. But stresses, Morheim, actually. Morheim. Pardon me, Mike. Can I call you Mike? Uh, he stresses that the state isn't official. That's just what they're going for. And no word how, how big the beta testing group will be. On to the email, TNT at twit.tv. George Wood of Radio Sweden says, greetings from Sweden again. I think he would say (laughs) something like that. Sure. It's from Radio Sweden. When the first news about problems at the PlayStation appeared, I didn't think much about it since I'm way too old for that sort of thing until I realized that without the PlayStation Network, I can't watch Giants games via my son's PS3 on our home TV. Of course, I can still watch them on my iPad, which is nice, but that isn't the same thing. The first few days of the outage, it didn't matter so much because the Giants were losing, but I really wanted to see those games with the Rockies. Just want to point out that there might be other repercussions of Sony's problems than those one might first think of. So think of the Giants fans. Yes. Think of baseball fans when you're thinking of the PlayStation Network being out. Thank you, George from Sweden. Uh, Next email comes from Almerica, who says hello to Tom, Jason, and crew. I guess that's us. Hi, crew. Yeah, we're part of the crew. That's cool. This is a response to the emailer who wanted to stream podcasts at the 2x rate, meaning he wanted to to listen to podcasts twice as fast. There's an app for the iPhone called Podcaster that can stream audio and video podcasts at two times the rate. I thought I would mention this so you could pass it on to your listeners. I have not heard of Podcaster. That's great. Nice to have options. Yeah. iOS folks. That's pretty cool. And and Almerica was not the only person to to write in with that. So uh, it seems to be a popular app. I will download it right after the show. That's it for this edition of Tech News Today. Thanks, everybody, for riding along with us. You can find us on the web at live.twit.tv every day at 5.30 Eastern, 2.30 Pacific. Watch us live, or you can get the episodes via subscription at our website, twit.tv slash TNT. Email us, send us a note. Let us know what you're thinking, TNT at twit.tv, or uh, you can even give us a call. Leave us a message in your own voice, 260-TNT-SHOW. We'll see you tomorrow. More Google IU news. I.O. news, something like that. There's not going to be any more news. No news. Is there? No news is good news. More news? Nah. Let's have a keynote. They're like, we got nothing. (laughs) Just walk away.